Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode, episode 141 for the love of the game on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all your sports wagering action for 2022, whether it's NFL playoffs, Super Bowl coming up, we've got NBA, college basketball, we've got hockey, boxing, UFC, you name it, Bet Online offers a great place for all your sports wagering action this season. New year, new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BLEAV. That's B L E A V to get started. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. With that said, episode 141 for the love of the game. Let's get after it. This would be the What is good, everybody? Episode 141 for the love of the game, and we're recording on a Sunday night, January 23rd, and we're on the heels of what was probably the greatest divisional round weekend in the history of the NFL. All right? I mean, from start to finish, this weekend was awesome, and it just got more and more awesome each game. Each game. I have been ragging on the NFL as a product for a long time. I complain about the level of play being bad. I complain about the officiating. I complain about all of this. And this weekend, what happened this weekend, what you saw between Saturday night and Sunday night this weekend is why we sift through all the crap. 90% of the games are crappy throughout the year. We pay for red zone. We follow anyway because when you get games like this, it makes it all worth it. It makes it all worth it. It, Today's action was, was staggeringly good. Staggeringly good, and we had twists and turns. I mean, and and talking about the first game where you had boneheaded plays back to back that just changed the game. It looked like Tampa, and we'll get into each game in a second, but it looked like Tampa Bay was done three times, and Tom Brady has nine lives, like always. And then you get into the nightcap, which was one of the three or four best football games I've ever seen between the Chiefs and the Bills. But but let's let's start the Saturday and we'll build our way up. Now, uh, a couple of non-weekend NFL notes. The Giants hired the assistant GM from the Buffalo Bills. Is it a good hire? I don't know. I mean, the Bills seem to know what they're doing. We'll see what, who he picks as a coach, but it's good hire. Great, whatever. Knicks, 
one today. They play Cleveland Cavaliers tomorrow night, second out of back-to-back. I don't expect it to go very well. It was nice to see R.J. Barrett play super well today. Julius Randle had a good game, whatever. They had a disaster prior week. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. We'll talk a little bit about NBA and broader topics with a recurring guest later on the show. But right now, we got to recap what we just watched this weekend. So let's start with the first game. Tennessee Titans, Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals go into Tennessee and win 19-16. This was a game that also had a couple of twists and turns. I mean, I've extolled the virtues of Joe Burrow for a while now. And Sunday was just another example. Another example. No, he didn't throw a touchdown pass. Yeah, he threw an interception, his first interception in a while. But in a game where he got sacked nine times, it was like nine times, I think, gets back up and makes every big throw. Every big throw, the guy's got ice in his veins. I was all over Cincinnati earlier in the week. I just think Joe Burrow is special. And Cincinnati pulls out the win. A game-winning field goal. Game-winning field goal with time expired. Kudos to Cincinnati, who hadn't won a playoff game since 1991. They're in the AFC Championship game since 1988, the year they went to the Super Bowl and lost the San Francisco 49ers, the Joe Montana to John Taylor game. Speaking of the 49ers, all right? So that was the early game on Saturday. The 49ers and the Packers are the nightcap on Saturday. I had the pleasure of watching with a couple of friends because I was in town, wanted to see some of the crew. It's a great game. 13-10. 49ers, they hand Aaron Rodgers another playoff loss. He's 0-4 in his last four playoff games against the 49ers. A bunch of those games being in Lambeau Field, as last night was. And this, again, 13-10, you'd say, hey, you know what? Not super exciting. Oh, no, 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 no. Unbelievable. 10-3 Packers late in the fourth quarter. This was a game where down 7-0. Driving at the end of the first half, Jimmy Garoppolo threw an unbelievable, horrible interception driving, which then led to the Packers driving down the field at the end of the first half to kick a field goal. They're only to have their field goal get blocked. And it was an incredible bounce that it was able to go to the holder for the Packers at the 49ers and get a scoop and score at the end of the first half. So 7-0 becomes 10-3. 49ers are battling, and Debo Samuel is doing Debo Samuel stuff, catching, receiving, just awesome, just absolutely incredible. And the 49ers can't sniff the end zone. And the Packers going into this game for the season were 32nd in DVOA for special teams, meaning that they were the worst special teams in the league. And it reared its ugly head. As I mentioned, they had a field goal blocked. And with about... Four and a half minutes left, punt block, scoop and score, 10-10. Packers fail to put points up on the board. Niners come down, kick a field goal at the end of regulation. The second game in a row with a game-ending field goal at the end of regulation. And the 49ers stun the Packers in Lambeau, sending the Packers to the offseason where it may get really, really ugly because they're over the cap. Aaron Rodgers' situation hangs over their heads, and it's going to be a really interesting, interesting 
offseason for the Green Bay Packers, but the 49ers advance. 49ers advance. And then it brings us to Sunday. So we already had excitement Saturday. Brings us to Sunday. 3 o'clock. Game tips off. It's 27-3 to Los Angeles Rams in Tampa. And you're thinking, all right, this is going to be a blowout, an absolute blowout. And what do you know? Just little things from the Rams. There's chinks in the armor, chinks in the armor, just little mistakes, fumbles. They lost four fumbles. And Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does. And now it wasn't all Tom Brady again. He didn't force the fumbles. He didn't recover the fumbles. But it always happens with this guy. Always. When you think that a Tom Brady-led team is out of it, and again, the defense made huge plays, huge plays, especially, as I mentioned, just recovering those four fumbles. Bray brings them back into the game. Back into the game. Gets the game-tying touchdown. Handoff to Leonard Fournette on the fourth down where everybody in the world thought it was going to be a Tom Brady sneak. Hands the ball off to Leonard Fournette. Byron Leftwich has a great play call. Fools everybody. Score. And you're thinking to yourself, if this game goes into overtime, there is no way the Rams are going to win it. Stafford has never won a big game like this. Brady always seems to come out on top. But what do you know? Stafford's got over basically 40 seconds left, needing a field goal. Gets two big plays to Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, who makes up for the fact that he put one of them on the ground. And the Rams, when you didn't think it was going to happen, the Rams come through and win 30-27 to and sending Tampa Bay home. Is it Tom Brady's final game? Who knows? We'll see. There's a lot of scuttlebutt saying that he's going to retire. But, yeah, Rams move on. An unbelievable gut check, gritty win by the Rams. Just crazy, absolutely crazy. The twists and turns we had, the botched snap, we had the um, strip sack followed by the botched snap. It just, the ball to Mike Evans that Tom Brady threw was incredible. Then the ball to Cooper Cup that Matt Stafford threw, just, just crazy. And you're thinking, how can it get any better? How could this weekend of NFL football get any better? And then you have the nightcap. Uh, with the two arguably best teams in football, the Bills and the Chiefs in Kansas City. And this game was, was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. The back and forth between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes was staggering. I mean, they scored 18 points in the last minute 48 of this game to go back and forth. The fact that there were jokes on Twitter after Josh Allen with a minute and two on the clock goes 25 yards, scores a touchdown with 13 seconds left, two-point conversion, makes a great play on the two-point conversion, great play to Stephon Diggs after Gabriel Davis scores his fourth touchdown of the game. There's 13 seconds left. And people are on Twitter were talking about that's too much time for Patrick Mahomes. The fact that, and, and people were joking. That was a joke on Twitter. People weren't actually serious. But the fact that they could, because in every joke, there's that little bit of seriousness, right? And what do you know? What do you know? This motherfucker, 13 seconds, drives them all the way down 
They get a game-tying field goal, win the coin toss, drives them down, touchdown to Kelsey. Just incredible. Absolutely incredible. I, I feel so, so bad for Josh Allen, who played a perfect game. Perfect game. You can't play better than he played. And he lost. I feel bad for Buffalo Bills fans, who are just add this to the list for why they're so incredibly tortured. And what else can you say about Patrick Mahomes? What else can you say? He's the best player in the sport. Can never count him out. Right now, he's going to his fourth straight AFC title game. By the way, he's only been a full-time starter for four years. So that's right, four straight years of AFC title games. Just awesome. Just awesome. I, I mean, I was watching in the with my brother in, in the basement of my parents' house, and we're just going crazy. Because th this is why, as I mentioned at the start of the monologue, you put up with 90% of the shit with the NFL throughout the year. You stay engaged because for the chance to see what we saw this weekend. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I, now, I went 2-2 two and two in my picks against the spread. It's fine. It's way too early to look at the lines right now for, for championship weekend. And I, I, I almost don't even want to look ahead because... I still want to bask in the glory that was this football Saturday and was this football Sunday. There are very few things better than an absolutely crazy NFL game. And you had four really good games this weekend. And two of them were absolutely stellar. And one of them is on the Mount Rushmore of games that I've ever watched. Unbelievable. And if you look, just looking at the broad picture of specifically the AFC right now, you have Patrick Mahomes in his prime, who's young, Josh Allen in his prime, who's young. Those are the two guys who are the best right now, the two best. And it's still funny to me that Lamar Jackson made the Pro Bowl over Josh Allen. I mean, that's just laughable. Just laughable, but whatever. I touched on that before. I'll touch on it again because he's in, he has no business being compared to Josh Allen. None. No business. Not even in the straight, same stratosphere. Whatever. We're not dumping on Lamar Jackson today. We're celebrating the quarterback play in the AFC because, as I mentioned, Mahomes and Allen at the top. And then you have guys like Joe Burrow, who's going to be playing in the AFC title game in his second full year starting. And Justin Herbert, I mean, the NFL with its premier position being the utmost importance in terms of the quality of games, you have such quality at the top of the league that is just entering their primes. And it's super, super exciting. Super exciting. I mean, I, I wasn't going to record tonight, but I, I was just on such a rush, had such a rush basking in the glow of what was this NFL Sunday, this NFL weekend, I, it's just just awesome. I, I'm like at a loss for words, at a loss for words. But, and I hope it continues. I hope we get a great championship Sunday, and I hope we get a, a great Super Bowl. But even if it doesn't match up to this, because I don't know if it can, as we say in Hebrew, Diana.
incredible. Absolutely incredible. With that said, we're going to talk a little bit about the some NBA topics. We're going to find out what's going on in the G League with a recurring guest in just a matter of moments. But bask in the glory, people. Bask in the glory that was this past NFL week. I teased it before. We're bringing back on a recurring guest among all the NFL playoff craziness. We got to talk a little NBA because those are my roots. So we're going to pick our all-star teams with the all-star game coming up soon. Actually, the starters are going to be selected tomorrow night. So when you hear this, you may not hear it before the starters are announced, but we're going to do it anyway. So I've got none other than Johnny Nolman on the podcast. Johnny, what's good, bro? Great to be back. This is actually my second, my pre, pre um, premiere on the podcast was actually last year doing the all-star picks. So it, I think it's only uh, fitting that uh, I'm back. And since then I was, I've become part of a network. We've got ads on the show, so it's only growing. So maybe it was, uh, you know, it was good luck that you uh, did this show last year. So we had to run it back. But before we do that, before we do that, I, I wanted to just Get your quick Knicks thoughts. Obviously, the trade deadline is not that far. Um, where are you holding with the Knicks right now? What do you want to see them do, if anything? Just give me some general thoughts. Uh, I feel directionless because I feel that we we went all in for Randall this past year, um, this past offseason. He's been a disaster this season. You you were right last season that we should have he, – he's playing out of his mind. He's playing the best basketball of his life. This is not him. You were right. And it's this is really horrible. We were both at the Pelicans game last week, and he – you could really see when you're sitting in those seats. I was sitting close, um, a few rows back from the Knicks bench, and I'm like, he's just staring aimlessly on the bench when he's on the bench. Not he, he doesn't seem into it. Um, he's not a leader. He's playing lost basketball. How many times have you seen him just like blow by someone this season or drive on someone this season? When he drives, he's just going in clueless and hoping for a foul, and and he's passing up open shots and not taking a wide open three. So he's playing close basketball and, and we have some nice young pieces, but I just feel like they're lost because they're either not getting enough playing time. They're not in the right system that fits them. Um, so I feel directionless because I don't know what, 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 what are, what we're doing. What are we trying to build? Are we, is Tibbs our future coach? I, I don't know. Um, I said in this podcast last year, like, I thought he wears people out. I thought he was going to wear them out last season, second half of the season. That ended up being not being true because they had their, played their best basketball in the second half of the season until the playoffs. But I did, I feel lost. I don't know what the move is in the in the in the trade deadline that's going to change anything. I don't know if we should just tank. I don't know if we should just keep. Uh, well, they're not going to tank. Yeah, we, we can't tank. They're not. Or, that's not happening. Yeah, we because we can't trade Randall. Um, but well, that, that's but, the move. Yeah, that's the move. If you ask me what move I want to see at the trade deadline, listen, uh, Jalen Brunson would be fine, nice, whatever. Okay, a point guard, whatever, fine. The only move I care about is getting Randall off the team and trading him, because uh, that's the only way that the bromance between Tibbs and Randall is broken. That it's on the front office to. Take these things away from Tibbs. That's yeah. it. And he's the major one. Yeah, I want him to take Alec Burks away from Tibbs too sometimes. Okay, mm-hmm. but he's – but small potatoes. 
Right. I, I want Evan Fournier gone. Small potatoes. Even him, small potatoes. The Randall thing has run its course. Thank you for last year. See ya. Yeah, and like you and play the young guys. That's my last that's the last point I want to make. Like Obi Toppin had 13 points in 15 minutes the other night against the Cavs. He was a like, plus 20. Yeah, play him more. Um develop the young guys. Grimes is 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 a nice player. Quickly, like I think quick quickly to take the next level needs some better coaching, some better development. He he's a talent. We just have to push them in the right direction. Same with Barrett, their talent. And they're they're just going to get ridden off. And I just see it that they're going to get traded to the new team in a few years and be in classic Nick fashion, better than we've ever expected. And that's going to be the story. And it's just just Randall is holding them hostage. Absolutely hostage. It's outrageous. Right. And you you know what I want to think of? Also mention that, like, this is – we haven't had, like, a real shot at 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 a deep playoff run since – we could call it mellow, but was that even that real? Like, okay, 2013. So, that okay, was that was the year where they won 54 games. But that was our only legit. Besides that, like, our the only thing we've actually done since two. We haven't done much since 2000, though. Since we made the finals in 2000, and I've just been thinking about it. The and this is a pressing thought. In the past 22 years, like, how many franchises have been in the dirt that recovered fast enough? The Nets, everyone's like, Billy King ruined the franchise. Now look at them. They're a legit title contender, and they have three stars. Obviously, they have their issues, but not, not for this time, not for now. But, like, the Wolves, they suck, but they have something to be excited about. They have Carl Towns and Anthony Edwards. Like, every every team, I feel like something has to be excited about. And, I, and I, I'm really, I'm really, really lost my patience. It was 22 years, and I have nothing to be excited about. Well, Here's the last thing I'll say before we go into all-star selections. Um, I, I do think the front office is competent. I mean, look at their draft record over the last two years. They're competent, right? I, I think the front office is competent. And just becoming a competent franchise for the Knicks, that had been a clown show for years, that's a step in the right direction to begin with. We were spoiled by last year. I get it. We were spoiled by last year. We all got sucked up into it, myself included. You know, I, w- I was going gaga for the team, and I get it. Remember, they were projected to win like 15 games before the last season started, right? Right. So right. even in year two, if you take out last year, it's an improvement. But I, I've, I questioned it before the hire came about Tibbs. And, and playing young guys, because that's where the Knicks are, right? That's where they are. And it's incumbent on the front office to find the taker for Randall. Now, I don't know what who that taker is going to be, but even if you get 15 to 20 cents on the dollar, that's moving the franchise forward. That's important. I mean, you see R.J. Barrett and his whole vibe, right? There's there's something about his vibe that just Randall doesn't have. He slouches his shoulders. I mean, he's been lackadaisical on defense, to say the least. And the guy was the toast of the town last year because he played out of his mind. But now that he's not doing it this year, he's getting, you know, a little soft. It started with the thumbs down. Like, you don't come back from that. So that's the one thing. If there's one move this season that I want to see happen, regardless like, whatever. If they get into the playoff playing tournament with Randall or not, I don't really care. I just want to see him out. That's it. That's yeah. it. 
Agreed. Yeah, we should spend. Remember back in the day that ESPN like trade machine that you could put together the contracts. I don't know if they still have that. No, they still have it. They still have it. I haven't spent a lot of time on it lately. After this podcast, me and you should spend some time together doing that. Just, just do it. I I just, I, I, it's just, it's time. Like that again. Thanks for last year. That's all good. Yeah. No. So totally agreed. That'd be great. All right. So. One last thing before – actually, one last thing before we start on the All-Stars. The, another trade possibility is the whole Ben Simmons situation, right? Mm-hmm. You notice that Embiid has been out of his mind lately. The last 15 games are just nuts. He's, he's probably the best player in the league right now. I, I don't think that's even a debate. What, what would you do if you're – um, if you're Daryl Morey, considering that you have this guy who's going absolutely crazy right now, are you, are you holding out or are you just like, we need to get somebody in here because the, the league is kind of wide open this year and maybe you can go for it this year. Cause he's good enough to win the finals. Yeah. Um, I, I think you, I think there's a lot of teams that are like, I heard the Kings are potentially would be suitors. De'Aaron Fox would maybe be, and some other of those guys would be nice pieces for the um, for the Sixers. Um, maybe I don't think this would happen, but maybe his, I know his dream Daryl Murray is to get Harden. I know they reported yesterday that Harden's not happy in Brooklyn. I don't know if it's actually the living in the Brooklyn Park because I don't know who would be unhappy with that because Brooklyn's pretty awesome. But um, I think he's just fed up with Kyrie, which makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would keep my if I was um, Daryl Murray, I'd keep my ears open and and. Kings, Nets, um, or any other team that that would pose a good deal, I would try to get some serious assets for Simmons um, and make a run for it because the thing about the NBA is that you would be like, oh, Embiid's a younger guy. Like, he's going to keep doing this. But, like, this – never guaranteed. Your window is never guaranteed. Yeah, look at the – my perfect example is the Raptors where they won the one final. They put everything into it, and it was worth it because they got a final. So, if I I was uh, Daryl Mara, I'd put put, put my chips into it because with the Nets kind of in um, craziness mode with Kyrie and KD being injured, um, and then the Bucs are obviously – I know we both – you love the Bucs, and I've come to love the Bucs. Um, they're a great team, but it's not saying they're not, they're not, they're beatable. Like, so I, I think they should, I think if I was them, I'd go for it and tr- try to trade Simmons. As much as I think Milwaukee is the safest bet, not only to make the finals and win the East, but also win the whole thing. Yeah. And beat is good enough that you have to go all in or, or you have to get something that's not a zero from that asset spot that you have. Yeah. He, it's doing him a disservice. Yeah, I, I don't get the deal. I don't get how you just don't play basketball for a whole year. It, this whole situation is so weird. I just never, between him and Kyrie, I've just never heard of a concept of people just not showing up to their jobs, like for a whole year. It, it well, Kyrie's a, di- a different issue, but whatever. We're not, we're not going down that road. But the Simmons thing, it's just, you know, just cut bait. Like, just cut bait. It is what it yeah. is. Just get yeah. something. Oh, yeah, I think he's holding off for Harden to be honest. There's something. I think he wants that. You know, Maury. He wants to be. Yeah, but, but okay. So if you're the Sixers, do you, given how James Harden's looked this year, and we'll get to him when we talk about All Star, I'm sure, but like, 
Is that really who you want to hitch your wagon to? I mean, I think he's looked a little in the regular season. I think people are more biased towards that and how bad he looked, but I think he's looked a lot better recently. Um, Harden and also, I think he'd be a really good fit with Embiid. Um, because Embiid, I think the biggest thing with him is that he needs someone just to like take the pressure off of him in the little in the playoffs, and not, he can't just go all game. Um, being the, the number one guy, he needs someone to take the ball away from him. Um, and, and do some things. And I think Harden is, is great for that. So I think they'd be great for each other. And I know you're not a Harden guy. so but. Yes and no. I, I Again, Harden's a brilliant passer. Uh, I just, Harden's getting up there in age and he's not a workout guy. And I just don't want to, if I'm cashing in this chip, I'm not sure I want to take a run on a guy who's that age, who's had a checkered, playoff pass to say the least and who's not a, a workout guy like I just and if he wants to just do Harden ball where he it's five out and Harden's doing everything like that's not this all right yeah like that's not this like this is Embiid's show Embiid's one of the five best players in the league like it's his yeah. show so I don't know I I just I I think five quarters for a dollar in this situation is not a bad thing if you're Philly. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. Get some assets. I think the Kings are a good, a solid team. Like you, maybe like Halliburton and um, Fox and and some other guys, and that'd be that'd be good for Philly. Like like any as many young assets or a, any assets that could benefit their team. They're, they're well, really they gotta wild. be they gotta be somewhat play play now. Like yeah, you can't. Yeah. You can't um, do future assets because of the way Embiid is, is working right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. All right. So now that we got all that out of the way, it's time to pick our Eastern conference all-stars and our Western conference all-stars. Again, mm-hmm. we're doing the full roster. So not just the starters. We'll start with the starters, um, but we're going to do the full 12 man. And we'll talk about who uh, guys were, were tough cuts. Um so we'll start with your selections for the Eastern starters. Who are the five stars that you have? Again, you have to go guard, guard, front court, front court, front court. Who do you got in the East? So I'll start with my three front court because those are just so obvious. KD, Giannis, and Embiid. The and easiest then- selections on the board. And obviously yeah. KD is hurt and he'll have an injury replacement. So we'll talk about that. But yeah, yeah, easiest um, selections on the board. Unanimous. And then my guards, DeRozan, love the way he's brought the Bulls to, I think, their second in the East. It's hard to keep track um, right now. And he's been super clutch. Like, I think two game winners in a row and getting your team just two wins like that, it's pretty incredible. And even just if you watch him, it's just it's pretty awesome to watch him. He just really takes over the fourth quarter um, of every game. I've seen him in a close game this year, basically. And then my last has been – is. Uh, I don't know if you're gonna love this, but Trey Young, I just he's been pretty, he's been awesome. Like 28 and 9. Um, and the Hawks as a team and supporting cast have been pretty brutal this year. And he's kind of and they can't really do anything without him when he's on the bench. So I know Atlanta's been disappointing this season, but him personally has been extremely valuable to his team. I don't I, I can't argue with that selection. Uh it's interesting because DeRozan plays a lot of small forward. And uh, even power forward for the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, does he qualify as a guard? 
I do want to reward him, so I'm going to put him as a, as a guard too. Uh, Trey Young I have on my list. I don't have him starting only because, only because, like, the Hawks are 12th in the East, right? You yeah. know, I, at a certain point, that has to matter. I actually have Jimmy Butler starting at the other guard. Yeah, you, you can't. Again, he could be a forward, but Miami's currently number one in the in the East. I know he's missed some games, but he's awesome. He's one of the 10 best players in the league. And when he's healthy, he's been great. Reward Miami with the starter. So Jimmy Butler would be my personal starter at guard. Yeah, you can't you can't argue that. I mean, his stats are a little lower than the rest of the, the guys in the starting five, but I'm more of a of a value guy. So it's like you can't really And they win. Yeah. They win. They win. Yeah, it's a great story. They're number they're number one. And plus like when someone number one, they're the, they're the number one team in the East or the West, like usually like to give them two guys. So I, with Miami, actually, I'm just going to preview it. I don't have like Lowry. If Bam was healthy, he'd probably be my second guy, but Lowry, I don't have Lowry making it as my second guy. So maybe you, you're saying you reward Butler with the starting job because they, they're the best team in the East. It's funny. I, I looked at trying to get Miami a second dude. But if you go up and down the East, there are too many guys that are really deserving this year. Yeah. And, you know, Bam has been hurt. Bam missed a lot of games. He would have been the guy. But, like, I, I can't yeah. reward Lowry over a couple of names. All right. So you just teased it, right? So now we have seven more selections. Again, it's only 12 guys, right? Who are your next seven guys for the reserves for the East? Right. So I'll go Jimmy Butler. I'll cross that off. Jared Allen, um, lo- love. I mean, it's hard to even say who the guy from the Cavs should be um, because there's between Garland, uh, Mobley, maybe a little fresh to be an All Star, but um, Harden. He'll get there. He'll make yes. plenty of games in the future. But he, he had to be considered, though. I considered him too. Yeah. Th- then I have Harden, um, Zach Levine, Tatum. Drew Holiday, this is kind of my 11, this is my 11-12 that probably will discuss and argue. Drew Holiday and then LaMelo Ball is my 12th guy. And then Just Miss, Jalen Brown, and Fred Van Fleet were my two, like, tough ones. Interesting. Okay, so we have a very similar list. Um, I, too, have Zach Levine. Uh-huh. Um, I, too, well, you said you were going to start Trey Young. I have Trey Young as a reserve. I too have Jason Tatum, even though I did whatever I could do to try to leave him off because I think he's outside of Anthony Davis, the most overrated player in the NBA, just leaves me completely cold. I have James Harden too. I have Jared Allen. And for the last two spots, I had Fred Van Vliet and I had Darius Garland. Okay. I'm rewarding the Cavs with two. I'm rewarding the Cavs with two, and my injury replacement for Durant is LaMelo Ball. And the next man up, because I would want to reward Milwaukee with two, is I had Middleton over Drew only because of games played. Got it, got it. I think Drew Holiday's been the better player of the two, but Middleton's been more available. 
and I wanted to reward that. Right. Yeah, the uh, East is tough. The East is yeah. tough. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. So to defend my Lamelo is that this, this is like they're this. First of all, they're ahead of the Raptors. I know by one and a half games as of January twenty sixth. Um, so they're seventh in the East, and this dude is like a complete culture changer is not just what he his stats are which are amazing 19 7 and 7 but it just like he's unlocked bridges's game to bridges i think is gonna be the most improved player maybe who is also a tough a tough omission yeah he's a consideration um so lamello's unlocked this entire team and it's not like they're set their other stars supposed to come in gordon hayward has really helped him that much he's been like decent at best so i think this dude has totally changed this franchise and he he's he's a stud um and then drew holiday is just i think we learned last year in the finals and and that whole playoff run is his value and i have to reward defense in my all-star game because i I just can't stand that we're just like offense 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 and we go to the playoffs and this dude could could guard could guard kd actually sorry he could guard anyone except for kd because kd was the one guy he really just couldn't guard um, but no, one- way, and we spoke about that last year that it would drive me crazy that they put him on KD because you know yeah. it's just like what do you like why but PJ, like, what PJ, do Tucker, PJ Tucker also couldn't guard him. No one could guard KD. No so. one really could. He went crazy. Yeah, that, that's that's the point. No one could guard him. But we're gonna so we get to so my point is we get to the playoffs and then we're like oh defense defense Steven, this dude is gonna shut down Chris Paul then he's gonna shut down Dan Booker whoever you want. And then we go to the regular season, we get to the All-Star game, we're like, eh, who, who cares? So I, I'm going to reward defense and, and put him on my All-Star I love the thought process. Uh, I love Drew Holiday. If he played more games, and, and I have to go back and look at just the numbers once we they get closer to reserves, maybe I would switch it, but we're doing it now. I would just put Middleton ahead of him only because of games played. But, right. but the Holiday thing was validated even after the NBA finals. But if you watch the Olympic team this past summer, he was their second best player and their second most important player. And he had yeah. just gotten there. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm with you on Drew Holiday. If he played more games, I would have no problems. I would probably find him a spot. I'd probably find him a spot. He'd probably take Garland's spot. But Garland's been available and Holiday hasn't. You could convince me to put a Holiday there instead because you know, Garland will probably make a game or two later in his career. Um, but I'm with you on Holiday. And LaMelo, I mean, he's been incredible. He's surpassed my expectations of what he was going to be as a player. And, as you know, as Bill Simmons said, and I think he's really right about this, actually, the point guards in all-star games are really important. Because in a game where everybody's trying to show off their own, you want guys who are going to be unselfish, make a pass. You want to watch LaMelo, frankly, in an all-star game. So I have him as the injury replacement for Durant, so he gets in. So I agree with you there. Right. Um, and, th- and then I think the, the just snub for me, Jalen Brown, um, was I couldn't put – they're both having awesome seasons, and people are going to freak no, out. No, you can't. You can't have two. You can't you're, have two you're, the, you're the ninth <laughs> seed in the East, and yeah, they play disjointed I mean, basketball. No, they're, 
they're and the, the the problems they've had on the on the court and off the court like you can't put you can't reward that team with two all stars and people are going to freak out when Brown doesn't go or one of them doesn't get it because it's either Brown or Tatum like you think you so to- you think people are going to freak out because I, I think it's totally warranted. He's having a great individual season. I think he's, he's twenty four and six like he's having a great individual season. It's just. But how can you put him over a guy like Fred Van Vliet, right? Who the Raptors yeah. are exceeding expectations. He connects everybody on the court. I, I, how? There's there's no justification for it. Yeah. Not yeah. this year. No, I I, I agree because he has more value to his team probably, and his team's been better than the Celtics. So you have you have to you have to do it, and you have to look at. I think you have to. It's a. It's a, the All Star game is a value thing. It's not just like who's a better basketball player and who has better stats. It's funny you mentioned Jalen Brown. He wasn't even in like my last three or four cuts. Like I yeah. didn't even think of him. Right, and then and then another one is is Sabonis, who was just like he's always on the list, and he he's so good at like nineteen and twelve. He was on my last three or four cuts. Mine he's was 50, my, yeah. He's shooting fifty eight percent. Yeah. He's great. He's great. He's a guy I want in the worst way the Knicks to get somehow. If you could trade Randall somehow and get Sabonis, it would be awesome. But my last three or four cuts were Middleton, even though I don't I, – no, now that Zach Levine's back, he's not going to get as an injury replacement unless somebody else gets hurt, which we don't want. Um, Miles Bridges, Sabonis, and Pascal Siakam rounded out my uh, last three or four tough omissions. I, I almost I didn't see how many games of Siakam played this year, like thirty something. I think it's like enough now that he's back that he should be in consideration. But again, if I had to give them one guy, it would be Van Vliet. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, the East, the East is really, really tough. Like, well, think about it this way: the Knicks and the Lakers have essentially the same record. The Knicks are in the eleventh spot right now, tied for tenth, and the Lakers are sixth or seventh. Right. Right, yeah, seven. No, it's there's seven right now. So I mean, it's just the East has been the better conference, top to bottom. Yeah. All right, so that's a little bit of the of the East. In the West, again, same format. Your five starters are. So this is and this there's is more tough. debate here. There's a little bit more debate here. I yeah, think. this is tough. So, ja, um, I know you're not going to have. I know you're going to have Mitchell, but I have Ja Morant and Curry as my guards. I have John ja Morant and Curry as well. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you agree because what the Grizzlies are doing is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And when I watch John ja Morant, I'm like, how do you stop him? Like, I, I really, especially as he's making more and more jumpers, I, I really don't understand how you stop him. <laughs> he's so good. Um, he's making threes at a higher clip. He cuts off the ball, unlike a lot of ball handlers, you know, main ball handlers. Like, he doesn't mind going to the corner and making a backdoor cut. Like. He's just awesome. He's he's so good, so fun to watch. And again, in a game where point guards really matter, you want John Morant in the game. I have him starting too. So Curry and John Morant were in agreement. But the Knicks are one pick away from getting him. It's the worst. It's the worst. Franchise change forever. Forever. And I like R.J. Barrett. I like how he's played. He's come on of late. You know, if the Knicks were a little bit better and they needed a representation because they were in, you know, a certain record, he'd probably be my guy to go, but it's, it's, you know, there's levels to this. John Morant is a top 10 to 15 level player and RJ Barrett will never be that. Yeah, no, it's just sad because 
we're one pick away from, and sorry, this has nothing to do with the Knicks, I know, but we're one pick away from having a starter in the all-star game in his third year. So whatever, let's, let's. It's, it's the cross we bear. We, we, it sucks. It's absolutely yeah. sucks. All right. So the front court is interesting because again, yeah. the West has been a little, eh. I, I, I have LeBron and Jokic. I think LeBron's been awesome. He's awesome. been the only light on this terrible Lakers team. And he's keeps adding to his game, his three point shot. Like he used to be that like people would guard him and like, you take that step back three and be like, yes, he didn't drive. But now when he takes that step back three, like, shoot, he's going to make it. Um, Jokic, no, you don't even need an explanation. He's unbelievable. And then this one pains me because I don't like, I don't love him. And I almost felt I should have put Draymond in a spot um, instead. But I put Towns um, just because he's an unbelievable offensive um, big man. I know his defense still isn't there. Um He's just – he's at 24 and nine rebounds, shooting 51% um, from, the, from the field, um, 40% from three. He's, he's really a dynamic big man. Um, I, don't, I don't love the pick. I, I just couldn't do Gobert. I, I, and I can get into that later when you put Gobert in that spot. Um, but I, I – I should have put Draymond. I, now that I'm thinking about it, I should just stick to my guns and put Draymond because he's the most valuable big man. The He's one of the most valuable big men. You're not going to believe this. We are in 100% agreement on these starters. Uh, that sucks. And I thought about, like you, I thought about Draymond putting him at that spot. Draymond will be on my reserve list. We, when you think about we really, I mean, the, the Wolves are seventh, which is like a good story for them. It, it's They're doing good. And you know what it was? There was a game against the Lakers before Anthony Davis got hurt. And again, Carl Towns has left me cold. All right. He's left me cold a lot. I, I have him. I ha- have had him, I should say, on the overrated starting five for a long time. Right. But when he went at Anthony Davis and just absolutely demolished him. I was like, I see a little something extra from this guy this year. And because the front court spots in the West are very fluid, that I really only have four guys really deserving, including Draymond Green, that I was just like, you know what? I I think he would get my, my third and final front court spot starter. If you said Draymond Green, I wouldn't argue. I had Draymond Green in probably before he got hurt, but Carl Towns, he gets the nod for me. I, I'm shocked that I'm saying it, honestly. Yeah, me too. It's but it, what we said, it, it's a good story. Like the the Wolves at the seventh seed and they're seven and three in their last ten is like it, it's it's on the uptick and it's on the rise. It, it's a it's a good story and it, he's playing he's playing amazing. Like he's playing amazing. He destroyed the Knicks. He had that winning layup over our oblivious defender, Julius Randle. Um, he's playing great. So I can't, like, you can't knock him. It's a, it's a, it's a fine pick, and he he's probably is going to end up in that starting spot. He'll for sure be in the game. That That's for certain. He's got to be. So, yeah. all right, the seven reserves. Who do you have? Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, because the Jazz are being the Jazz and being a great regular season team. Another Luka. guy who's about a top ten player in the league, Donovan Mitchell. I, yeah. I'm with you. Um, Luca, who's 
on the rise again, which is good to see after the, the start of the season. Um, Draymond, I couldn't reward him with the starting spot. He came yeah. in out of shape. He was yeah. disappointing. Like you could get, he could get a starting spot another year. You're getting penalized this year, bud. But I also yeah. have him as a reserve. So so far we're two for two. Right, um, Draymond, which will be three for three on. Mm-hmm. Um, Booker and CP3, I got to give two to the Suns. And of those course, kids. they're the number one seed. And if yeah. you told me Chris Paul was starting, I wouldn't argue. Yeah, even though his stats are so below anyone else in this game. Doesn't so matter. It doesn't matter. Because you, you watch the games. You know you understand yeah. what he brings. And, like, and if he ever needs to ratchet it up, he'll give you 22 and 11. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I just wanted to save it for the, the deep playoff run, so I'm fine with that. Gobert, who, uh, well, yeah. nice. No, so got, got three more. Um, no, two more. I got. Oh, did I miss? No, I yeah. got, so three more. You just said Gobert. So now after Gobert would make it two. Okay, Gobert. No, I I had um I did my five, and then I had Mitchell, Luca, Draymond, Booker, CP3. Uh huh. Did I miscount? No, 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 no. no you're right. Gobert, so, ele- Gobert, eleven. Um, Gobert. I'm like. I hate it because we saw in the playoffs, like, this dude sp- – so the main argument about Gobert is that like, he's the anchor of Utah's defense. Great regular season, that's true. He, he protects the middle. It's really hard to drive against him. And then you're in game six against the Clippers, and you're like, okay, be the anchor of our defense, and he lets his man, Terrace Mann, score 30 to 40 points. I forgot how much, but he was the reason they lost in the playoffs. So it just ticks me off. I have to put him on the team just because his stats are good. The, the Jazz are good. It really and annoys you need an, And you need another big guy. I'm with you. I'm not a Gobert guy. I've been on this for forever. I would rather pay JaVale McGee $5 million a year than to pay Gobert $45 million a year. I, I'm, I'm sick and tired of Rudy Gobert, but he'll get a spot here because the West is down. Sure. Yeah. Right and then I have, um, obviously, Paul George, who's playing awesome, but my, but I just want to – miss too many games. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to even say it. Like it's, uh, I, I'm Murray on the Spurs. He's averaging 19 points, eight rebounds, nine assists. Um, and the Spurs are always. They're not playing their best this year, and they'll probably miss even the playing game. But this guy's playing awesome. Like my other options, like Ingram or Valanciunas, um, were, were on the cusp. Or CJ McCollum, but you won't believe this. We have the exact same list for the Western Conference. Wow. Now, going back to the Wolves, my first cut was Anthony Edwards. Uh, and I think DeJounte Murray's been amazing. I, I'm, I also rewarded him with a spot. So we have the exact same seven reserves. I don't hope for injuries. I want to find a way to somehow get Anthony Edwards into the game because he's just so fun. He's so fun. Everything about him is great. He had 40 points and no assists the other night, just gunning. I, I love the guy. He's he's hysterical in the post-game pressers. Yeah. We got to, somehow we got to get him in the game. I am pro yeah. Anthony Edwards, but but I couldn't put him over Murray because Murray's just been on both sides of the ball really, really good. Um, but yeah, he was my toughest cut. And my second toughest cut in the West, you won't believe this, is our old friend Kristaps Porzingis. Oh, yeah, he's been good. He's been really good. 
He's been um, really good for the Mavericks, and the Mavericks are on the rise. I know. Yeah, he. Yeah, I I, I thought about him a little, but I'm just like it's not. It's just not enough um, to be any of those guys. The other guy that we have to talk about is is like Lillard. We're just like because we're kind of biased at like. We but he's out. That, he's out. He's yeah. got the abdomen injury. Missed too many games. I know, but he's been play, he's been playing a better, a little better. But you want to talk to me about C.J. McCollum? Eh, maybe depending on where. Yeah, like, I guess that whole that whole team. Sorry, I just made a decision. That whole team should be penalized for either staying the same or just getting worse for too many years in a row. With you, they try. They've tried everything to surround themselves around these two guys with the role players that they thought could make it work. Yep. Doesn't work. Get it's ben time. It's, it's it's get time ben to Simmons blow the whole thing up. Just, yeah, get Ben Simmons restart. Yeah, you you, you got to blow the whole thing up. I mean, it's funny you talk about Damian Lillard, like. Another guy who's, again, I, I love Damian Lillard like the next guy, but if we're talking about trading for him, you know, this abdomen injury is weird. It's getting to a certain age. Like, you saw it already last summer in the Olympics. Like, he wasn't very good. Like, if I'm the Knicks, I, I, that's not the guy I'm going for. I mean, depend again, depending on what the price is. But, like, unless, unless they want Julius Randle in return. Like, and then, then you can get whatever you want. Um, but no, I, uh, so it's so funny. We had the same exact guys. And the, the last guy I want to mention who is on my third hardest cut list, Andrew Wiggins. I know. Shout out to Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. He's played really, really well this year. And they're a top two seed when they're all right. They'll probably be the, uh, the number one seed in the West, the most dangerous team in the West, even with Phoenix, Andrew Wiggins deserves a shout out. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. He's been playing great, and it's just it further proves a point. You throw any player into the Warriors system, and it's just a beautiful thing turns out. It took him a year to really get settled into it, but he's gonna be like a guy in the second half of the season in the playoffs. They're just like this guy is really really valuable, and like each players are gonna be like he should have been an All Star. That's he what guard, I he guards the other team's best perimeter scorer. You know, sometimes it can be one through four in that res- that sense. And he's giving you about 20 a game. He's shooting good percentages. He's a bucket. He, he's he's, he's really word. good. He's really good. And and you don't know who's going to miss what with, with uh, whether it's injuries or, or the COVID situation. But, like, I, I kind of want to have Wiggins in the game. For a guy who is considered such an albatross – such a disaster. I I would want him to be rewarded by, I just can't, I just can't knock any of the other guys off the list. Yeah. It kind of of yields like a a bigger conversation that like we, we write off these talents so quickly in the NBA where like even Kevin Knox, obviously to a different extreme because he's a lot worse than Wigan, but like he has no place in the NBA. He sucks, whatever. But it's, it's more that just like sometimes you're just in a bad situation for your career. You're with a bad franchise or, 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 or like you've seen that with so many, I've mentioned before, so many former Knicks where we write off these guys and then they end up being really good basketball players. Um, and, and yeah, so, but with Wiggins, it was a lot of his own self doing. Like you just saw, like he wasn't trying on defense, like in all this stuff. Now world. he's trying. Yeah. No, he, he, Steve Kerr and that system, they, it's just, 
it's an awesome thing. Like it's really an awesome thing. And, and franchises should try to be more like him and more like the Warriors. I'm not even saying like, Oh, people would respond to, Oh, so you just get a Steph Curry like player. No, I'm talking about like a really fluid system, a really good offense with flexibility and creativity with, with, with what they're doing and just a culture where players want to come where you could put in a young guy like Gary Payton Jr. And you're like, this guy looks like a great player. If you put Gary Payton Jr. on the Knicks, you'd be lost out there. Uh, all, a lot of these guys in the Warriors were lost out there on the, on the Knicks, um, the young guys. It's just the difference between the two franchise and coaching systems. What's crazy is, like, if we just go back through the list that we had and how much talent there is in the league right now. Yeah. Because guys that are normally in this game that we have not mentioned, Clay Thompson, obviously, is just coming back. Kyrie Irving, whatever, but normally in this game. Bradley Beal, normally a guy we talk about in this game, we didn't even mention in the East. Yeah. Right? Ben Simmons, somebody who's been in this game before, like I think the last three years. Obviously, for those reasons, he's not mentioned. Dame Lillard, Bam Adebayo, like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, like that's eight right there. Crazy. Yeah. The league is stacked. Yeah, this shows that like you could be on the top and, and an all-star and, and a lot of these guys' injuries or weird situations with, with not playing or whatever, but you Oh, another one. Zion Williamson. Oh yeah. That's another great... guy. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. There's so much talent because like you're, we're not sitting here saying, oh, there's nine guys who are normally in this game out like we lack of talent in, in this All-Star game. We're like, we don't, have enough, we don't have enough spots. Like, in the East, they need 15 guys. Like, this is crazy. Long gone are the days of Brad Miller, like, getting an All-Star nod or, like, Jamal McGlure getting an All-Star nod. Like, those days are gone. I mean, look at how many players we just named. Yeah, yeah. No, it's being an NBA – like you were gonna like it used to be like you saw like a really athletic guard from college and you'd be like oh he's gonna be awesome in the NBA starter one day now it's like how does a point guard even it's so hard for a point guard these days to make an NBA team or, or stay in the NBA or stay in the starting lineup or stay in the rotation like like there's just so much talent well that's that's why unless you're getting like one of the top top dudes paying a point guard in free agency is like one of the worst things you can do because there are so many guys at that position that are really good. Like as much as I love, and we mentioned him before Jalen Brunson, right? He's a young guy who knows how to play that position. He's a connector. Yeah. I I love so many things about him, but he's just at a position where he's not in your top seven, eight at that position. Like, how much do you pay a guy like that? It, it's yeah. just interesting. It's really interesting to see what's going to happen. But, it, yeah, the, the league is stacked, which is why I truly think that in the next couple of years, you're going to get two more teams. Really? Yeah. Why not? Like, you're you going to put like, a team in Seattle, you're going to put a team in Las Vegas. Yeah, they should put a team in Vegas, 100%. But, you know, the NBA already has a major foothold in Vegas because USA Basketball, which they're associated with, does all their training in Vegas, right? Summer league is in Vegas, right? There's enough talent now in the league that two more teams would would be able to do well 
somewhat quickly. Like it, it wouldn't be embarrassing because even the bad teams have guys like that are really good. Like we just talked about the Kings who are not in great shape, but like De'Aaron Fox who averaged 25 a game, who's I still think is really, really good. If he was on any other team in the East, he'd probably be an all-star. Like we didn't even mention him. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, no, I hear that. It's actually, I, I never thought about it. It's a good idea because it's, it, it's like when you look at college, you look at international, and like there's like there's so much talent, but where do these guys, wh- where's their opportunity? Like you go, like it used to be the opportunity to get drafted to the Kings or the Wolves and you get playing time right away because they suck. But now it's like the Kings have a ton of guards. Like how you, like they just yeah. got that, I'm blanking that guy, they just got that name from Baylor who ever. Mitchell, Mitchell, Davion Mitchell, who's yeah, been good everyone, for them. Which yeah, is why I them. think they should trade De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, but he's coming off the he's coming off the bench and he, he's great for them. And so like so the Kings draft someone else next year. Like, how does he get playing time? He used to be that guy who used to start and like if they would come to the Kings in like 2010 or nine. So it's a completely different league. I, I actually think it's a pretty solid point. I, I mean, I just that would hurt the Knicks' chances of getting players, but We've we've had a plenty if of years. If somehow the Knicks ended up with De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis, I don't know how they would do it. I'd be all in for that. But yeah. the the most important thing is getting getting rid of Randall. Oh, another guy we didn't even mention in the in the Western Conference is Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's oh yeah, I, really I, good, really really good. Yeah, he's awesome. I feel bad for him that the Thunder, but the Thunder they're doing the right thing though. They have draft picks, and it seems like yeah. in this. And this, you win with the draft. You got to just keep drafting. And that's what I think the Knicks should keep doing. Because the Knicks, as you mentioned before, are actually good drafters and they're picking up assets. So why overpay for Randall? Just keep drafting. You're going to you're gonna strike gold eventually. You're going to strike gold and then you have these young guys around them. And the Knicks, I, I mean, Oklahoma City, like Josh Giddy's a player that they just got. Yeah. Like they, they have something there with the two of them. I've always been a Lou Dort guy. Yeah, I, I know we're guy. doing like we're we're veering off the All Star thing, but Lou Dort has always been one of my favorites. It, it's just it, you know, the, the league is in a really really good spot with all the talent that's there, and it's it's yeah. crazy. And then it's just crazy. Then you combine it with I I think the the narrative of the league where the season um, in years past was like because of I, I I I'm a huge LeBron guy, but because of LeBron the coasting every season, everyone was like. The regular season doesn't matter. Even people don't try in the regular season because LeBron was not trying the other season. And then he would just make the finals and that kind of pumped that narrative. And now you watch like a random, like, like, like Pacers versus like Rocket team. And they're like, they're fighting each other. They're playing hard. Like everyone's playing hard again. The Warriors like are playing hard every single game. Like it, it's awesome. This, this year has been awesome because everyone is playing hard. And you, you got to thank the playing game and the playing tournament for that. Yeah. The, the play you got to thank the playing tournament for that. It, it's made a huge, huge difference. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and there's young guys wanting to prove themselves. Like the Grizzlies, they go in every single night and they're going to be, they don't care. They, they'll trash talk anyone. They'll fight LeBron, anyone. It's, it's awesome. I know we spoke about all-stars for the West and obviously John Brandt's going to be there, but uh, Desmond Bain is not going to get real consideration, but that guy's really good. Yeah, he's I mean, really, really good. Jaron Jackson Jr. I anticipate being in this game once or twice. He's really good too. Shout out to the Grizzlies, man. They're 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 awesome. Do you, do you think they're legit? Like you come playoff times, they play they play the Warriors, and you're like, this is gonna go to seven. 
Grizzlies could win. No, I, I no, I, I don't think they're on that level. But after the Warriors and Suns, like, why can't they be at, beat anybody in a playoff series? Yeah, no, they, pro- they probably could. They're, they're also really good at defense, and they, they play really smart, and they're really deep. Like, even when they put in that guy, Zaire Williams, I'm like, this guy's a threat, you know? Like, they're... The 10th pick overall. I know. This is, this is it's, it's exciting. Um, and Steven Adams is finally back into a place where he could have value because I always think he's a valuable player. So that's good to see. Yeah, and, and he's just a tough guy who like just stands up for his teammates. Is you know no nonsense dude. It's gonna be really, it's gonna be really, really interesting down the stretch. But Giants was great We're running it back. All star selections with a little other thoughts in the league. The league's in great hands, man. It's great yeah. in great hands. Great to be back and open to be on more to discuss this exciting NBA season. Thank you. We'll we'll have you back on to lament about the Knicks when they do something at the trade deadline that we will hate or that they don't do anything or that Randall decides to piss us off some more. We'll definitely have you back on, but it was good to speak to you again. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks. Later. Thanks again to recurring guest, Mr. Johnny Nolman for coming on, talking some NBA, picking our all-star teams. Good stuff from him as always. Sorry about the monologue. I was really discombobulated. There was a lot going on. I was fresh off the high of the, uh, the Bills-Chiefs game. There was a lot of meat on the bone. I didn't get into all of it, but I'm excited for the games this weekend. Conference championships for the NFL. One quick thing before we leave, all right? And I know it's been a while since I've had one of these rants, but we're going to have to do it again. So the Hall of Fame voting for the Baseball Hall of Fame came out yesterday. Only one player was elected to the hall, and that was David Ortiz, who got 77.9% of the vote. In their last year of eligibility, Roger Clemens was not voted in. Barry Bonds was not voted in. Kurt Schilling was not voted in. Understandably, those guys have the cloud of PEDs, and Kurt Schilling has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way for his views outside of baseball so let me get this straight all right if we're trying to police the hall and the sanctity of the game especially when it comes to performance enhancing drugs david ortiz who was named in the mitchell report meaning that he failed a drug test all right he failed the drug test now whether it should have been leaked in that report or not that's immaterial but he failed the drug test Whereas Barry Bonds never failed a drug test. Kurt Schilling never failed a drug test. Roger Clemens never officially failed a drug test. They're left out of the Hall of Fame. And David Ortiz on the first ballot is in. I'm not saying David Ortiz doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. As a Yankees fan, I know how great David Ortiz was because he killed the Yankees Many, many a times. But you're telling me, you're telling me that you're trying to preserve the sanctity of the game and the greatest positional player in MLB history because of the suspicion of drug use. Now, do I think he's performance enhancing drugs? Yes. But you're telling me that that guy's left out and a guy who was named in the Mitchell report was voted in on the first ballot? 
Mike Piazza waited three years because of a cloud of PED use. The greatest hitting catcher in the history of baseball waited three years for a cloud of PED use. And David Ortiz, who was named in the Mitchell Report, meaning that he failed the test, that guy gets in on the first ballot? The baseball writers are some of the worst human beings in the world. These self-righteous assholes that consider themselves so high and mighty, it's, it's outrageous. The Baseball Hall of Fame is a museum about the history of baseball. You're going to tell me that you can tell the history of baseball without the greatest player who ever played, greatest positional player who ever played, who has seven MVPs, and a guy who's won seven Cy Youngs, and you're keeping them out because of drug use, and I say that in quotations because they never officially failed the test, and just because they were pricks. And you let a guy in who was named in the Mitch report because he was a good guy on the first ballot. Is that what you're telling me? This is why baseball is a dying sport. This is exactly why. Because the asshole writers are so out of touch with what's happening. It's ridiculous. Your opinion on steroids is whatever. Fine. If you want to put them in the Hall of Fame and say on their plaques that they were steroid users, fine. That was the era that they played in. You can't tell me with a straight face that you can tell the history of baseball without Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, without Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame, and without Kurt Schilling in the Hall of Fame, who was one of the greatest big game pitchers ever. And just because... He has certain political views and other views on things that the baseball writers don't agree with that they're at, that he's out of the Hall of Fame too. Not to mention that the career hits leader is not in the Hall of Fame because he bet on his team to win when he was a manager. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And the hypocrisy of these people who take themselves so seriously and consider themselves to be so high and mighty, of all the sports media types and those sports writers who suck, who absolutely suck, are miserable human beings who seem to hate the sports that they cover and like to pontificate about tons of stuff that aren't sports, that no one cares about your opinions of, the baseball writers in that group are the worst of the worst. The absolute worst. What a travesty this is. If you care about baseball, you should be so infuriated. Just remember, Barry Bonds was intentionally walked with the bases loaded. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. I don't care if he was a dick. I don't care. He was the best positional player to ever play the sport just just ridiculous i i haven't had one of those rants in a while and i just needed to get that off my chest because baseball continues to shoot themselves in the foot year in year out they just lose it they just absolutely lose it anyway 
That's episode 141 for the love of the game. That rant felt great. Take us out, Boozy Badass and Crew. Shoulders, chest, pants, shoes. Cause I'm all white, man. 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 Cause I'm all Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.